0: We all struggle with life's temptations. Whether it's small temptations such as grabbing a late night snack when you know you shouldn't, to larger temptations with potentially legal and moral consequences behind them, on the latest episode of the Press Rewind Prince podcast, Erica Thompson and I will be talking about the lyrics to "Temptation" and discussing a bit about the temptations that Prince possibly was struggling with to curb at this time, primarily temptations of the flesh. Welcome back to the show, Erica.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and I really enjoyed that introduction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I think that Temptation in some ways fits nicely with uh, the niche of songs that you've helped me cover on the show thus far. Songs like Sexuality, Let's Pretend We're Married, I Would Die For You. They all have you know, a spiritual and religious angle to them, but the big difference is, like at least the, what I see, between those songs and Temptation is that, uh, that they tend to code their intentions much more cleverly using, I don't know, sex and love as metaphors or at least as entry points into, um, the, you know, the tangled, sacred and profane theme that's common in a lot of Prince's early work. Temptation seems to be much more naked, no pen intended, in its <laughs> intentions, I think. You know, it, it's, it's not as coded. It's not, you don't have to dig very deep to really kind of get the gist of what Prince is saying in this song. Would you agree with that statement?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you have a whole conversation with God (laughs) at the end of the song. Um, So you can't get more blatant than that, I I don't think. But um, yeah, it's really a continuation of uh, what we saw with Purple Rain, especially in the live shows. And I think the cool thing about this song is a lot of, um, he does pull a lot from that dialogue that he was having on stage with God during the Purple Rain tour. And I think that, Yeah, it's telling that he – so, like, you know, according to research, uh, princevault.com, Dwayne Tudal's book – the band worked through this song at a sound check um, on December 6, 1984, at Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio, which I think is pretty cool, Jason, since you're in Cleveland, I'm in Columbus. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like between us. But then um, he later added like the God dialogue um, later that month, immediately following a show um, on the Purple Rain tour. And um, so as we go along, um, I'll, I'll pick out some of the. You know the phrases that he carried over from that dialogue on the Purple Rain tour, but um, yeah, it's 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 just really a continuation of that love versus lust, good versus evil, and um, at this time, you know, he really he'd really built his career on this sexual image, and people kind of expected him to be explicit, and I think that was something that he was grappling with at that time, and I think it comes through in this song
0: yeah i would agree with that for sure and um just going back to the richfield coliseum comment i also noted that because i thought it was also very yeah uh, i don't know it was uh just a kind of a, i don't know happy accident that the two of us living in ohio now talking about a song that he has a live version like you said a full band version i would love to hear it I'm i'm really hopeful that any future Around the World in a Day deluxe releases would include that recording, if it still exists. I'm hoping yeah. it still does, cause I think it would be really cool to hear the full band performing this song. My understanding, and from reading it, it sounds like it. it's, um, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's faster, or if it just has a more organic feel to it. The The version that we get on the album almost sounds like two songs, in a way. And as you alluded to, that that later, you know, the version that we end up getting with the the discussion with God that was seemingly fleshed out for the concert, and as Prince was grappling with his, I don't know if it was guilt or whatever he was feeling, having such a sexual image, but then how does that correlate to his religion and his religious beliefs and really struggling with, with that and working some of that, out on stage in front of you know thousands and thousands of people each night is really kind of cool that he felt like that was important enough to add to this song to close out this album something that seemingly was meant for just a a live performance um i, I really enjoy that as well and the richfield coliseum sadly is closed now it's been closed for a few decades since uh, 94 so not quite 30 years but creeping up on that and it's been it's been bulldozed and i don't know if it was replaced by another music venue but uh, it doesn't exist anymore so um temptation is the last song the the final thoughts and the final um you know expression that prince had for this album is to it's a very religious one with the ladder preceding it and then following it with temptation and but you don't necessarily get that impression just from listening to like the first half of the song. If you just listen to the first half of the song, you might think this is just another kind of uh, semi-raunchy Prince exploration into sex and expressing you know, his horny toad side, uh, because that's what a lot of the lyrics are leading into the discussion with God. So I'm kind of interested to, to hear a version of the song without that to see where he was going with it and what his thoughts were about that song or that version of the song that we never actually got
1: yeah yeah and i think i mean like you point you pointing out that it follows the latter. um the official Prince podcast right now, they're doing episodes on Sign the Times, but um, Susan Rogers, the engineer, she said something that I think can be applied to this song and or this album and really a lot of his albums is she said she noticed he would often, like, follow... Um, a song that was really lustful. Like he would, he would record a song that was really lustful and then record a song that was like where he was asking for redemption and she felt like he felt guilty about, about something. So I think that's, that's really apropos for, uh, temptation following the ladder. And it, it also reminds me of Darling Nikki because it's like, you know, Darling Nikki is a really raunchy song, but he puts that message about the Lord coming soon at the end of it, almost like he needs to like repent or something. And I kind of look at this the same way with this conversation with God at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and what kind of cool thing about this is, what one year's difference makes in terms of Prince's uh, comfort level with expressing a very much more uh, blatant uh, religious views is that ending of Darling Nikki is backwards. So yeah. it's really, you know, unless you are able to decode that, unless you're able to play that backwards in 1984, you would never know that it was a a message about the Lord. But a year later around the world in a day he's not coding this stuff anymore i mean this (laughs) as we just already mentioned this is a conversation with god it is not it is not hidden it is not uh, a metaphor it's it's right there in front of us the the lyrics are right there in front of us to understand um, that that feeling he was having towards the uh sacred profane and how he was going to reconcile that within himself because um, what he is is what he is He can't change who he is But y- you get the sense that At times he feels like he needs to Repent He needs to change He needs to make a change in his life and Which is very obvious in that conversation with God So, you know Not to get too far ahead of ourselves But I really like the fact that Within just one year He felt the freedom, I guess The personal freedom The creative freedom To put them out there in a way that he didn't have to worry about what people thought or think that he was being too religious, Uh, he already had his enormous smash with Purple Rain. Now he could (laughs) maybe get a little more um, overt with with his messages.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the version we get on the album is a primarily solo version, very different from the full band version that was recorded, as we already talked about, uh, while the t- the band was on tour for Purple Rain. The only exception would be saxophone, played by Eddie M., who was noted for being a member of Sheila E.'s touring band at the time. So Eddie M. was you know, around because Sheila E. and her band were opening for Prince and the Revolution on the Purple Rain tour, so... It makes sense that, you know, Prince would have borrowed him, so to speak, for uh, saxophone inclusion on this track. And um, there's other songs that were recorded around this time. The I Would Die For You extended version that was recorded also while rehearsing for Purple Rain Tour has Eddie M on sax as well. So it's one of those things where a lot of people just assume, you know, early to mid 80s saxophone must be Eric Leeds, right? Uh, no not not at this time not quite yet at least okay so as i mentioned the um the song starts off the, the lyrics are very sexual the prince's delivery is very animated uh it's it's all over the board it almost sounds a little bit like we've interrupted him in the middle of some sort <laughs> of masturbatory session not to be too <laughs> Not to be too graphic, but I mean, I, that's kind of what it sounds like to me if you're really trying to picture or imagine he's really worked up, you know, he has like this really worked up singing voice that, you know, goes in different registers and he adds a lot of uh, vocal, what I call vocal gymnastics to his his singing voice in this song. Do you have any other comments about that? Do you feel like it's kind of like the way he sings matches the lyrics in a way?
1: I think so. I didn't really think about him being in the midst of something. So thank you for giving me that vision. (laughs) No, anytime. Anytime. (laughs) But um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And he, I think he has some of the best screams on this song and in his career too. Just really, when I was listening again to prepare for this podcast, I was like, I really appreciate the effort he put into these screams. Uh, but yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really bluesy sounding. It's not boring whatsoever. This song, I feel, is, is fairly, I don't want to say controversial, but it's kind of polarizing, I think. Uh, I, a lot of people love it for good reason. But when I also think of, or when I've talked to people about this album, there's the universally loved songs like Raspberry Beret. Everybody loves that. Everybody loves pop life. Uh, Most people really enjoy even like the ladder or Paisley park. Um, But temptation seems to have a much more significant portion of uh, Prince fans that either love it or hate it or just think it's just too out there and when i say too out there i'm really more referring to dakota the the discussion with god which we've talked about many times but we haven't gotten to it yet we don't want to you know get ahead of ourselves with it but it's hard to talk about this song without talking about how it ends with the discussion with god because that really makes the song is, would be memorable. I don't want to take anything away from the rest of the song. Uh, it's very memorable without the discussion with God, but that's what we're left with, and that's how the album ends. So it's going to be something that it's like it leaves the impression, the lasting impression when the when the music fades out and all we're left with is silence, is, is that final kind of um, section of this song that Prince talks to God about, You know the error and seeing the error of his ways so i don't know i mean do you see this song being fairly polarizing for fans or are you um or has your experience been different has your experience been most people really enjoy this song
1: Um, Well, that makes sense to me. I guess I haven't, I would love to talk to more fans about this song. But I think, I mean, I can, I can certainly see where you're coming from, because sonically, it's so different from the rest of the album, it kind of sticks out. And so I have, I, you know, I do, like, I have a friend who really loves this song. Um, But for me, though, I sometimes skip this song, like, I feel like I have to be in a certain mood to listen to this album start to finish. And if I'm not in that mood, then I'm just gonna hit certain tracks. And those for me are um, Paisley Park and Tambourine, America, and then maybe Pop Life if I'm not listening on my headphones and have to hear that echo with the <laughs> vocals. <laughs> uh, but that's it. And I love Condition of the Heart. And I, you know, I appreciate the latter. But I can't, you know, I pick and choose and I, I skip Temptation. And it's it's really odd because when I listen to it, I'm like, this, you know, this is a good song. Like, I love, like, there's like like that layer of 1950s, like rock and roll, but then like with blues and R&B, he's just doing so many things sonically. And um, I love the guitar. The guitar solo is is incredible. And his guitar mm-hmm. opening is incredible. So it's like, yeah, this song is great, but it's not, it's just not one that I return to. Um, a lot um so I can kind of see how that might be polarizing uh but yeah I you know i I always love to talk to people who were experiencing these songs in real time and as they were coming out because I'm a little bit younger but i you know I do kind of wonder what most people are saying about that god section like I know you were really young when this album came out but right, do you right. do you have any memories of engaging this song
0: yeah this song was. It was uh, also one that I s- would skip sometimes. It's long. I mean that that in some ways, I, now I don't care. I love long print songs, but that can be a detriment for some people. This is like an eight and a half minute song give or take because of the how it ends. Like the regular the, the first section, I don't want to say the normal section. the first section wraps up in a, in a pretty standard um, length four to five minutes. And, but then you've got three minutes, give or take. That because I think the discussion seems to drag a little bit. Like I, I personally, I think print probably could have done that God talk to God section a little quicker, <laughs> you know, and wrapped up wrapped up his thoughts a little faster to make a more concise uh, output. But yeah, I mean, I get it now. But if I remember when I was a kid, though, I would listen to it. And as the song started to slow down, and the <laughs> conversation with God came on, I would then oftentimes turn it off. Yeah. Um, it just it just didn't have enough didn't have enough to keep my interest. Uh, I wasn't fascinated by <laughs> Prince's uh, you know forays into religion because a lot of the stuff that was being sung about on Purple Rain went over my head at the time so it almost seemed like geez he's turned into like this really religious fanatic and and being a a kid it wasn't something that appealed to me so yeah i kind of tuned the song out after its original or initial burst of of guitar yeah all right uh so i think what we'll do now is go through the lyrics but i did want to comment i thought it was kind of interesting So, for the second time on this album, Prince starts to song or has a kind of like a a chant or a mantra. So, it's not the beginning of America, but at some point in America, I think it's um, maybe midway. He says, freedom, love, joy, and peace. And in my conversation with uh, Zach Hoskins on America, it kind of felt like that was. Uh those those words were like his buzzwords or his mantra for the song. Like these are the these are the words if you have to if you're gonna force me to summarize this song in soundbite words, that's what I'm gonna say. But with temptation, he starts the song off by saying sex, temptation, lust. And that gives us as the listener immediately we know what the song is gonna be about with that. And to go along with kind of like the 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 guitar that he adds to punctuate each line, uh, it, it really is very. It, it just provides a very interesting opening and grabs your attention, grabs the listener's attention. At least it grabs my attention. I don't know if you know when you hear those lines. I, I assume you think the same thing. Like, oh, we're in for quite a ride. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I agree. And I like that comparison to to America too. I guess you could you could have added repent maybe as <laughs> yeah. another word after that cuz that's what he's going to do at the end, but yeah, that sets it up nicely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Everybody on this earth has got a vibe. Everybody on this earth has got a vice. In mine, little darling, mine is the opposite of ice. Mine is the running hot water of the daughter of morality. This little prince a lot
1: about you, see? Baby, 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 I'm guilty in the
0: first degree. In other words, this little prince thinks a lot about you, see? Baby, 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 I'm guilty in the first degree. All right. So with the first verse, uh, he I think he's really kind of uh, expressing a lot of what his his lustful desires, you know, and, and getting back into what I mentioned with the opening um, intro with the sex, temptation and lust. Why is he saying those words? Well, because he's got advice. He's basically telling us as the listener something we already know. You know? <laughs> I mean, if we've been paying attention to his music up to this point. Nothing he's saying here would be that shocking or be, you know, all that surprising, I guess. Uh, he's claiming he's got a vice, it's the opposite of ice. So, you know, opposite of vice is just a kind of a poetic way of saying he's you know running hot. And <laughs> and you could say by running hot meaning always horny, you know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of ways you could basically say the same thing. And of course Prince Dever takes or rarely takes the easy way out when describing um things in his lyrics because he likes to be more creative, more poetic, as I mentioned. Uh what's some other lines here in this first verse that that you really see as interesting, Erica?
1: Yeah, um well darter of morality, like I spent a lot of time like thinking about well, what does he mean? And I mean with Prince you kind of just never know what inspires him, what he has made up, what he's pulling from. So I can't really say exactly what that means I mean with me I just started thinking biblically and I was just like oh could that be Eve like you know daughter of morality even if you think about um the theme of temptation and just really trying to get that in across like Eve is like the the ultimate temptress you know unfortunately because she gives the apple to Adam to eat, so that kind of is the image that was conjured up for me with that. And then um, the other line is, I'm guilty in the first degree. And, I mean, it's common to, like, you know, just say I'm guilty of this, um, whatever this might be that you're talking about. But, I mean, I think guilt reminds me of sin. I mean, because it's the sin of the flesh that he's struggling with. And it actually reminded me of another, another song of his, Electric Chair. From the Batman album, because he, he sings, if a man is considered guilty for what goes on in his mind, then give me the electric chair for all my future crimes. So, again, it's like he's guilty about these um, fleshly desires. And I think that ties back to the Bible, um Matthew 5 28 which says everyone who looks at a woman with a lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart um so I think you know that's kind of a common thing that Prince is working out in his lyrics Mm -hmm. about some of the desires he might not necessarily be acting on them but like just thinking about them like according to biblical doctrine is is a sin
0: yeah good point because he's really talking about You know, thinking when he says this little prince, which I, you know, he's done it a few times before where he refers to himself um, by name. Instead of just saying, I think a lot about you, this little prince thinks a lot about you. So he's just not really admitting to anything that we would consider in this day and age or even in the 80s -hmm. as all that egregious. It's just uh, he's maybe just preoccupied with matters of sex and are preoccupied with the opposite sex and so he's admitting that and he's claiming to be guilty of that and as i mentioned this is really isn't something that's unusual or surprising for anybody who's been listening to prince so at this point we're really just he's just telling us something we know already to kind of set up i think like the entire rest of the song you got this You got this guy who happens to be me, it's, we're singing about him in the first person, mm-hmm. who really likes to sing about, I think about sex a lot, I, th- I sing about sex a lot. That's my persona that I've put out there. The image that he had been presenting to us as Prince, the musician, from songs like uh, When We're Dancing Close and Slow all the way up to Darling Nikki, has a there's a lot of sex in between there and it's been a big focus of his of his success in his career so he's he's admitting that to us and telling us thusly in this verse that's kind of what i'm basically getting
1: yeah
0: So then the chorus is fairly simple it's just uh, four lines he says temptation working my body with a hot flash of animal lust temptation all my fingers in the pool of splashing musk so the chorus uh once again referring to lust he brings lust up again so lust is something that um you know was mentioned before with sex temptation and lust so hot flash of animal lust heat again is an Another word that he continues to use, the opposite of ice, heat, hot flash, of animal lust. So it's it's really just uh, I, what I'm just getting from the chorus is continuing that narrative of what this song is about and where he's going with his guilt and why he's feeling guilty later on. The, the fingers in the pool splashing musk is an interesting line for sure, I would say. Kind of like the Daughter of Morality, where you just kind of like, "Mm, I'm not sure 100% what he's talking about, but it's definitely an interesting phrase.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I, you know, I want to spend a little bit of time on animal lust. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, Prince is like, uh, I I don't want to say obsessed, but he's very interested in, like, bringing up animals when he's talking about sex. Um, but, like, animal lust is a phrase that's also important to him, and I, so he talks about it in his memoir, actually, and I was really excited that he used that phrase, because I know he used it in the song Temptation, but, like, in his memoir, you know, when he, he spends a lot of time talking about, like, his first girlfriends
0: growing Mm -hmm. up,
1: and so I'm just gonna read a passage. (laughs) So, he's talking about Carrie, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, but, He says, Carrie was the first girl to expose a brother to straight-up animal lust, where rational thought is overcome by the strength of physical attraction. This feeling will draw words from the pen that one doesn't even know exist. This feeling will make one combine words that don't go together, but just sound so good, you not only read them, you can smell them. So I think we are, and then the last line that I want to read, once a writer has actually experienced something for oneself, then they can better tell others about it. So I think that's like perfect for this song, especially about words going together that don't normally go together with some of his, you know, creative phrasing here. But I just, you know, he really liked the phrase animal lust. And, and I think, you know, you, I think you and Zach may have even discussed this on this podcast, but it's like, if you think about when doves cry and when he says animals strike curious poses, they feel the heat. In Raspberry Beret, he talks about the horses wonder who you are when he's yeah. like yeah. having that love making scene, which he I, he brings up lovemaking in a barn, like that comes up, you know, whether it's we're watching it in Purple Rain or whether it's in Raspberry Beret. So I just thought that that was really funny, and that stood out to me as just some a phrase that he loved to use to to describe sex.
0: Well, and also it, it, good point because it also kind of fits in with the phrase "splashing musk."
1: Yeah,
0: because musk it's not a word that is used a lot but when it is it's it's meant to really refer to kind of like a pheromones or um, an odor that males would give off in order to attract the opposite sex whether that's you know in the animal kingdom or if it happens to occur in for homo sapiens you know it's 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 a it's a really primal the way i understand the word at least it's really kind of a primal, and it's and it's not something that we can control unless you consider musk. I, I think of musk as a natural odor, not uh, artificial odor like a cologne or a perfume or something like that. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know for a fact. But when I think of musk, I'm thinking of something that is more natural and inherent to that person um, or that animal. Um, and so he's really kind of breaking this down I feel like he's breaking uh his, his animal lust down to its its barest essentials and and almost looking at us as human beings as just, you know, an extension of the animal kingdom that has these uh these urges and that can't sometimes be controlled. And that's where the animal lust comes in. And also we're talking about, you know, fingers in the pool of splashing musk, you know, it The the phrasing is a little, I wouldn't say odd, but it's certainly not easy to necessarily uh, parse through and understand exactly what he's saying there. But I think just the word using the word musk goes along with animals in many ways.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I'm glad you brought up pheromones because, of course, he has a song called "Pheromone" um, in the '90s on the Mm -hmm. Come album. But um, yeah, and I think we could probably use our imagination to think about at that he's talking about with his fingers but i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna go into
0: that i I didn't have anything written down specifically but i was gonna like okay well if the conversation naturally went there i would agree (laughs) but yeah.
1: yeah
0: listeners use your imagination i think you can probably figure it out yeah everybody in this room everybody in this room
1: Just, it a body well. oh.
0: so then we move on to the next verse and this is where he kind of throws it back at us so you know he's in the first verse he says everybody's got a vice but he really kind of focuses the verse on talking about himself uh, in the second verse he says everybody in this room everybody in this room has got an urge What's yours, baby? Mine's temptation. It rains at a party where lovers splurge. Top mama when daddy gets a little too much. You know what I'm talking about? Purple electricity whenever our bodies touch. Oh baby, I love it when our bodies touch. And as I alluded to earlier in the show, the way he sings this lines, these lines, it's just so animated. And, and it's so interesting. Uh, it's not... Even in the, in the course of a verse, he'll change up his vocal inflections and change up how he sings the song, maybe more casually to extremely manic and and starts to scream some of these lines. Like the last line, I love it when our bodies touch. uh, He has like this really kind of high-pitched scream. It's like almost like frantic that that he's singing it and he can't control himself. But in verse two, we've got another reference we've, we've already had a re- reference to lust and now we've got a reference to temptation again in the title of the song so what in verse two are you kind of seeing or where are you pulling out of the second verse erica
1: yeah well i think it's uh pretty straightforward but like you said the way he's singing it i would love to have been able to watch him record this i mean <laughs> of course that probably not you know no one was allowed to watch it but i yeah. wish that could be a fly on the wall but um i just really like the line um where lovers splurge it rain minus temptation talking about or ur- urges it rains at a party where lovers splurge i think that's just like a really poet poetic way to describe just being infatuated and, I guess, being overcome by lust. You know, because when I use the word splurge, I'm probably talking about a shopping spree or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you know, I love that he's using that word here. It's just, it's very creative to me. Also, I always get excited when I come across a word he's made up, like purple electricity. Um, I, you know, when I do my Prince blog, I always try to, like, pull out a lyric, um, in my title of my blog entry that week, and I'm oftentimes scrambling for something. So purple electricity, I could apply that to anything that I want. So I'm just excited to come across that word. But yeah, other than that, just the lover splurge, I think that's the part that really got to me in this verse.
0: Yeah, lover splurge and purple electricity are very interesting words and phrases coming out of this verse. So I definitely agree with that. And then something else that I just kind of get out of this, or a couple things that I get out of this verse, I almost get the sense, like, you know, with lines like, what's yours, baby, Uh, you know what I'm talking about, he's almost, like, talking to somebody now. Uh, And I don't think, like, talking to a greater audience, it almost feels like he's talking to somebody specific. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people listen to music and and, can imagine themselves being on the recipient of a, particularly romantic song or uh, a song that really speaks to them that seems like you know the they want to believe the singer is singing it to them and i think that because the song is thus far so sexual in nature and so kind of drawing towards eroticism that by adding lines like that you almost feel like prince is trying to really hone in on The listener to make it seem like he's talking to us specifically and it's almost like he's he's having a conversation slash um confession you know (laughs) know, confessing to somebody uh like he has like this big dark secret that he's trying to confess you know everybody's got an urge baby what's yours mine's temptation uh maybe fishing for um confirmation that the person feels the same way you know maybe has the same vice and if that's true ooh well then we're on the same page maybe we can go take care of this vice together yeah yeah <laughs> and, you know i mean i just kind of it's not creepy but it it kind of comes across to me at times like he's like he's admitting this information to whomever he's talking to with the intent of, and the hope that it goes somewhere as a result of that confession
1: yeah, I think that's a a good interpretation. It's very intimate and it you know, it, again it reminds me of kind of what he was doing on tour um with Purple Rain, you know, even though there're tons of people in the audience, but you know, he would address the audience like you want to take a bath and you know, all the all the people would just scream <laughs> in the audience. Um but yeah, he was doing a lot of that that type of interaction and and pulling people in certainly.
0: Mhm. And then the other thing I wanted to mention here is just also going back to the party where lovers splurge. To use the word party, uh, I immediately think of, so when he's admitting that he has temptation that reigns at a party where lovers splurge, I just think of some of these more hedonistic yeah. parties, you know, like you think of, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of imagery that I can point to, but uh, certainly within literature, and there's probably examples of that, in even more ancient literature about hedonistic parties occurring where really the intent was just to gather human beings for sexual purposes and, and anything goes, you know, and that kind of party lovers' splurge, um, tells me a little bit that that's, or at least gives me the impression that might be the kind of party he's referring to, uh, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but that's, that's what I get out of that a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, especially since he's like addressing, you know, everybody in this room, you know, everyone gathered here. So, yeah, yeah I think I think that's a reading for sure.
0: Point. So then he goes back to the chorus after the second verse, uh, and it's the same. It's the same uh, lines working my body with a hot flash of animal lust, temptation, all my fingers in a pool of splashing musk. You know, at this point in the song, the, the music is still propelling forward. He's got guitar um, stabs in there, guitar solo. He doesn't say a lot of new lines here. It's just more of like saying the same lines in more unique ways. Until we get to kind of like this breakdown where the, the music, sort of just you know fades out and then we just get i don't know if it's like a drum machine beat at the background just kind of propelling forward and the guitar has gone and it's kind of quiet so now we're just listening to prince talk and this is a spoken breakdown it's a spoken interlude So the lines at this point now are temptation. I'm not talking about just ordinary temptation, people. I'm talking about the kind of temptation that'll make you do things. Oh, temptation. Oh, darling, I can almost taste the wetness between your temptation, temptation. I'm not
1: talking about any old kind of temptation, people.
0: I'm not talking about any old kind of temptation. And he finally admits, I'm talking about sexual temptation. A lover. I need a lover. I want you. I want you in the worst way. So, you know, I didn't say every single line because I think, you know, it kind of, you just have to listen to it to kind of get it. But essentially, this is the; these are the lines he's saying up to this point before his conversation with God, where he's really... Continuing to admit I feel like he's just admitting once again He is really struggling with this uh, sexual temptation that he's referring to and and When he finally says I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about sexual temptation He says the word sexual or sex for the first time in the song although everything leading up to that uh, Is about sex generally speaking so it's it's once again, it's not really a shock when he says it, <laughs> that's what he's been talking about, the kind of temptation he's been referring to. He makes it seem like it's this big secret he's letting us in on <laughs> when when it's one of the worst kept secrets <laughs> of the song.
1: Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, this section, it's it just kind of, it it's like right in the middle and it's before the conversation with God, but it's after all kind of the interesting musical parts of it. It kind of bridges the two portions of the song, I guess, would be the best way I could describe it.
1: Yeah, it's it's really like a confessional. And this is the section that um, is kind of pulled from some of his dialogue on stage during the Purple Rain tour. So I I wrote that down, like, you know, during some of his shows, he'd be talking to the audience and he he would say, Mama, you better make up your mind because I got a bad case of temptation. I'm not talking about any old kind of temptation, y'all. I'm talking about sexual temptation. So he's really emphasizing, like, the sexual sin, um, you know, because there are all types of, of temptation. But, I mean, like you said, it's pretty obvious. But I think he's just emphasizing how you know how he's overcome with lust and and how great of a sin that is um, so I think I yeah I just see it as like reinforcing that but like you said, I don't think it adds much to the song before we get into his dialogue with God
0: I think it probably worked better as the interlude or you know how it was conveyed in the in the concerts because he doesn't add this he doesn't have this added while he's performing Temptation, the song. It's kind of almost comes out of nowhere. If you're like sitting in the audience at the Purple Rain concert during the tour, you get this section of of his show and you don't know what to expect. You don't know where he's going with this. And then for him to say, you know, really emphasize, I'm talking about sexual temptation. That's, you know, if you've seen any of those concerts or heard of them, that's, you know, the crowd goes... I would say wild, but they certainly hoot and holler a bit because anytime Prince brings up the you know the conversation about sex, everybody gets all excited because they know that's <laughs> ooh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's exciting. This is you know, a lot of people like Prince at that time because of his really more explicit and sexual songs. they They dig it. And so I see that working a bit better in the context of the Purple Rain tour than it does here. It's more shocking. It's more surprising. Like I say, you don't know where he's going with this. You don't know he's about to have a conversation with God. You don't know that's where this is leading to. So it, it just seems like he's admitting and confessing, as we mentioned already, to this, you know, this sort of sin that at least, you know, internally he is struggling with. And it's like, it's almost like it's driven him a bit mad. Like he can't even finish sentences Mm -hmm. because he's so obsessed and (laughs) driven mad by his lust. I can almost taste the wetness between you and then he trails off. Uh, Yeah. I mean, part of that's just to prevent from being overly explicit. Sure. But it also, if you think of it, like I, I'm so consumed by this thought that I can't even focus enough to finish a sentence. (laughs)
1: yeah
0: that's kind of like almost a a little bit of what i get from listening to this song in that for you know using that frame of mind i need a lover i need a lover he keeps repeating himself like he's i don't know like he's just um you know blabbing on and on over this to to try to appeal to somebody that or appeal to the powers that be to to give him what he wants um yeah so anyway i just think it's kind of it's it's cool for that and I do like how it was integrated into the concerts preceding the Around the World in a Day release as it sits here in the recorded version of the of the song. It doesn't, it's doesn't not as impactful for me personally, but others may think it's great and that's fine.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, just to add, I think it's a, it's important to print because um, you know, not everybody is gonna go not everybody was able to go to that tour and I think he just and I think this happens throughout his whole career he's just really he feels really strongly about getting messages across to folks and so it's like you know what better way to put it on this record where more people can access and and I think a lot of a lot of musicians talk about this just the power that they realize they have over their audiences, especially like when they're performing live and they can feel their energy. And, you know, some of them, not everybody, but some of them are really mindful, I guess, about what messages that they're putting out there. And so I guess if you're somebody who is religious or spiritually minded or, you know, has a guilty conscience or has like a certain morality um, that can kind of get to you, like Prince. Like, okay, I'm putting out all of these sexual messages, but I need to, like put out something greater to the to to people too um so I think um you know that that might have been what he was struggling with uh as well um like I have to I just have to put out like a higher message too so that's why I'm gonna you know add this like a a couple weeks later I'm gonna make sure I add this dialogue on here because I've got to get this other message out
0: yeah yeah I mean that totally makes sense he knew he had a platform his success uh thus far had provided that and it's probably uh, you know if one was to speculate i'm sure that was a big part of it you know knowing that he had this enormous platform and he had all of these people's ears what is he going to do with that is he going to use it for good for bad and maybe a little bit of both and trying to um you know balance that out and how to balance out a song like tambourine with a song like temptation yeah possibly so. Yeah. Okay so then after that We are treated to His conversation with God Of course God is played by Prince It's just how it's delivered Is it's a lower register To differentiate between the two voices Stereotypical God voice Like loud, booming, low <laughs> Oh silly man That's not how it works You have to want it For the right reason Oh, silly man that's not how it works you have to wander for the right reasons and prince says I do you don't now die and so then at that point prince screams no no as you imagine that he is being killed <laughs> or dragged down to the hell whatever you want to imagine how this is going down let me go let me go I'm sorry I'll be good this time I promise Love is more important than sex. Now I understand. I have to go now. I don't know when I'll return. Goodbye. And so that ends the song. That's how not just the song ends, but the entire album ends with him saying, I don't know when I'll return. Goodbye. It's really kind of, I wouldn't say spooky, but it it certainly adds... level of gravity to those statements when you think about some of the things that Prince was putting out there at the time Uh, he he was, at least in the few interviews he'd done uh, the sound bites uh, that he had been providing he was kind of feeling like touring, he was over it, the Purple Rain tour wore him down I think he was I don't remember how long, if he even said, but around this time I'm pretty certain that he had been declaring retiring from touring at least for a while
1: yeah you're right i think he was he was putting out there three years of course he didn't you know abide by that but yeah i think he was telling people i'm i'm taking a break for a long time
0: yeah and if somebody's if an artist at the top of their their um, popularity says i'm going to take a break you know as a listener i remember listening to this and thinking i wonder if this means he's gonna go away for a while like he just needed to step away prince couldn't really do that (laughs) just (laughs) just didn't have it in him to truly step away in the way that you know artists today like i'm i enjoy uh music from fiona apple she's a she's an artist i've enjoyed her music for decades but i mean she'll take six seven eight nine years between albums
1: yeah
0: that's not that unusual there's plenty of artists that take a long time prince just couldn't do it and so I remember hearing these lines and thinking, is he retiring? Is is uh, this it? Is he just, did the Purple Rain success get to him to the point where he just felt like he was done with the music industry? I didn't really know how to take this line. I mean, in the context of how it's being uh, sung here with this conversation with God, it doesn't, I don't know if it makes the whole i don't know when i'll return doesn't i don't know how to take that because if he's being killed because god says you don't understand this you don't you don't get it you have to die you don't necessarily return when you die unless you're being resurrected somehow <laughs> so i don't really know how to take that so i'm going to let you tell me your thoughts on this this outro
1: sure yeah i've a lot a lot to say (laughs) but um prince is saying you know i you know he's just like he needs a lover he wants he wants you he wants this person in the worst way and god says you know that's not how it works you have to wonder for the right reasons so so what are the right reasons and it's just that it goes back to that love versus lust um theme from purple rain and like In the liner notes um, around the Computer Blue song, and actually on the tour, the robotic voice says this. Because on tour, not only is Prince having monologues and talking to God, like there's a robotic voice talking back to him. But it's, um, poor lonely computer, it's time you learned love and lust. They both have four letters, but they are entirely different words. So, you know, that's going on in Purple Rain, and it's carried over here. So it's like, you know, you can have a sexual connection and relationship with someone, but it has to be based in love. And if you want to take a step further, biblically, then it would have to be within marriage. Um, But Prince is trying to learn the lesson of, like, I, have to, I can have this sexual relationship, but there has to be a deeper connection. And so, you know, God is recognizing that that's not what's happening in this song here. And, you know, that's what he's communicating to him. And it's funny because it's like, Prince is like, I do. And God is like, you don't now die. And it's like, well, that escalated quickly. Like, <laughs> right?
0: I know. Like, God's no. not interested in having a conversation with Prince like this. He's like, no, dude, you don't get it.
1: <laughs> right right and and you know the 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 part about death is you know it kind of again goes back to the bible it's um you know to pull out a verse romans six twenty three the wages of sin is death, so it's like you know you can sin, but if you don't repent for your sin, you know which is through go, through jesus belief in Jesus christ um you will die like you, you know you will not go to heaven, and so I think that's that's what he's trying to get across With that. And so it kind of almost seems like, I mean, it's very theatrical with Prince, you know, like you said, either being killed or being, or going to hell or whatever. But, but it almost, I think, I think of it as like a warning like, okay, you don't now die. And it's like, no, no, like, you know, (laughs) Prince is realizing, no, this is serious. I don't want to die. So I'm going to change. So this is why he says, I'm sorry. I'll be good. This time I promise. Love is more important than sex. And that's even in the liner notes in Around the World in a Day by this song. It says, temptation is useless. Love is more important than sex. And he would have these conversations on the Purple Rain tour. Like, I always quote time and time again, Prince is telling the audience, I know I said be good, but they dig it when I'm bad. And again, it's that. I think he's communicating that expectation that he's built up, like the audience expects him to be nasty and explicit. And it's like, well, I might not necessarily want to do that anymore, but this is what what they expect. This is why, you know, part of why I'm famous. So I kind of have to give the audience what they want. And I think he was, you know, arguably struggling with that. At the time. And so, you know, when he says, now I understand, I have to go now, I don't know when I'll return, goodbye. And I think he's he's playing on a lot of different things, which is, which is kind of brilliant. Like you said, I think he's, you know, teasing people to say that he might really take a break. Um, and I you know, I guess only Prince can answer this. I don't know, you know, at one point he might have been serious about taking a break. Um, on the other hand, he might've just been teasing his audience and building that anticipation for them. But I think it's, um, a death of a couple things. It's like, if you think about the way his sound is changing, it's like, it's a different, a, a certain Prince is dying in a way and a new, and he's, you know going through a new rebirth in terms of what he's going to be do doing sonically now with the around the world in the day album but then with parade and sign of the times and so on and so on he's he's not going to be making a lot of records that sound like purple rain so i think that's one aspect the other aspect is i think um a kind of spiritual rebirth too and i think we notice this on record it's like up to this point, we've had a lot of um, songs about sexual freedom and lust and not necessarily tied to love. Um, So if you go, you know, way back to the Dirty Mind album, or if you in Uptown, or if you go to sexuality on controversy, and then as you get into 1999, with Let's Pretend We're Married, um, you have all of these songs that aren't necessarily talking about being in love with someone but then after you know Purple Rain then we start to get songs like Adore and When Two Are In Love and you know he's still kind of talking about love making but it's about being committed to one person and being in love with one person and then of course you have him getting more and more explicit about his christianity um especially on the love sexy album with songs like i know and anesthesia so i think it's um it's a death and a rebirth in in different ways here that he's talking about
0: yeah yeah that's that's really insightful because also as as you were talking it made me think the whole fact of the matter that is that he wrote this and recorded this song prior and in the middle of the Purple Rain Tour. So it's so you can't think of it as a a reaction necessarily to being done with fame or at least done with touring. Like when an album comes out after a tour, you people tend to think like everything was must have been written, you know, logically, chronologically after things were done with the last thing. But that's not how Prince operates. He had all this in the bag before Purple Rain Tour even started and many of it, much of it, before the album was even released. So the, the whole of 1984, especially the second half, I do get the impression that he was, whether you know there was the religious side pulling him, and he really wanted to become more explicit in his religious beliefs and feeling the freedom to do that in his music and express that in his music. But as you've mentioned, I think a lot of it also has like, to do with the fact that he was feeling like being in a relationship was is going to fulfill him and having that committed relationship and sex in a committed relationship was what he desired, uh, maybe less of the casual sex, maybe less of the, uh, the groupies or the parties and the stuff that you know occurs when you're young and famous mm-hmm. and really looking to settle down, whatever that meant to him at the time. And I, I truly believe he was sincere in that. And you do, you you made a very, very valid point with like kind of the direction moving forward after Around the World in a Day. Prince was always going to be sexual and he was always going to have sex uh, integrated into his, his songs. I don't really feel like that was his problem with some of the things that he was putting out there it just seemed a lot less like it was uh, in the context of a committed relationship or that there was any love involved whatsoever. I mean, you don't have to be married to be in a committed relationship uh, depending on your you know, religious views at least. And if he's committed to somebody and he's in love with somebody, then the sex is going to be that much more eventful. It's going to be that much more memorable. It's going to be that much more, it's going to, to intertwine the individuals greater so that they're you know become one i really do appreciate you bringing that up i think this is a turning point at least that's what it was i think that's what he was intending it to be and that's just me you know basing it off of what we received after around the world in a day and taking these lines to flip it back and you know i have to go away for a little bit to really find myself, but also my music has to kind of change. And I I really like that. Thank you for, for adding that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I also want to add that, you know, and this can be aspirational, you know, Prince can be aspiring to certain things, but that doesn't mean that he's living up to them in his life Um, but that's just like all of us right like we all have goals and things that we want but we might fall short of them and so I just feel like I had to say that for like I can hear fans like well no like (laughs) you know I heard that he was still you know he still had a million girlfriends or whatever or whatever right but I think I think you can definitely say it's something that he's aspiring to um, at least on record and maybe feeling like he has to be more responsible in his messaging to encourage people to that end, even if he might be falling short himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's a human being. So,
1: yeah.
0: you know, uh, he had a lot of opportunities, maybe more so than the average person. And, and as the song title suggests temptation it's, yeah. it's tough. You know, it's tough. <laughs> a lot of people do not, um, will wilt in the face of of really intense temptations and it's not uh unique to prince certainly all human beings can can relate to that i would say
1: yeah absolutely
0: all right well um i don't really have anything more to say about the outro it's it's very theatrical as you mentioned it's uh it's It's kind of funny in a way that we know the way Prince screams, no, no, (laughs) the the, the two different voices. And I don't mean funny like it's a comedy routine. Uh, There's there's obviously very serious intent behind the words, but the way it's delivered, and you have to kind of uh, take it as face value, you know, Prince is attempting this really kind of serious thing, but also putting it out there in a way that, he knows it's got to be also entertaining <laughs> At the yes end of, he's an entertainer and he Absolutely. understands that so there's got to be some entertainment to it and uh it wraps up nicely that it's a very it's a very interesting and memorable way to finalize and put a bow on the end of this very interesting creatively all over the board album that is around the world in a day you know You kind of get the sense That he's going to take us on this journey With Around the World in a Day being the opening song And by the time you finish Listening to to Temptation You really feel like you've been on a journey (laughs) At least I do
1: Yeah it's an intense listen This whole album for sure
0: So Erica, do you have anything more to say about temptation? Have we covered everything you have in your notes? So you (laughs) have notes.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I think I've gotten through my three pages. (laughs) So yeah, I think I'm good. I again I just I appreciate this, Jason, the you know, the platform, the ability to talk through some of these things because I don't you know, we don't these things don't necessarily come up in everyday conversation about print. So it's really an honor to to be able to go deep into this stuff.
0: Well, it's always an honor to have you on. I always appreciate your perspective and how you communicate your thoughts on the show. Uh, and you're, you know, you're a very talented writer. I'd like to let the, uh, the listeners know where you they can find your work.
1: Thank you. Um, you can you can visit my website at apurpledayindecember.com. I talk about a lot about prints and spirituality, but there are some other things thrown in there as well. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss underscore e thompson so m-i-s-s underscore e-t-h-o-m-p-s-o-n
0: and you can find me at press rewind pod on facebook twitter instagram and i just recently launched a discord so uh, i would really greatly appreciate anybody who's listening to the show who's familiar with discord even if you're not familiar with discord it's a, uh, a conversation app a chat app so to speak where I've been able to recruit several of my podcast guests, Erica included, as well as a number of other people have joined the team here on Discord, and it's a place for all of us to conversate about Prince, talk about podcast episodes, talk about new music that you know is coming out all the time. Thankfully, um, this is being recorded in September, so we're all anticipating the Sign of the Times Deluxe Edition coming out very soon. Uh, eager to hear that so I'm sure there'll be a lot of conversation around that even though my podcast isn't quite up to some yeah. of the times yet it's unfortunate <laughs> that I'm not there but um, you know when I when I am I'll be happy to talk to anybody about anything that we've done so, thus far or even in the future I'm I just like talking about friends so hopefully others can join me on discord so we can have that conversation amongst a bunch of people that's the whole goal it's a group conversation that we're having. So just look for that link to the Discord. I have it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes for this episode as it goes up. So look for me there as well. And I wanted to thank Eric Thompson again for joining me on the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast. I've been your host, Jason Bredinger. And until next time, I don't know when I'll return. Goodbye.